this is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich from sports betting. To repeat, we are not going to get you rich. Their sleazeballs abound all over the internet who will be happy to take your money to chase that lie. Here, at best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Don't bet more than you could afford to lose. And Godspeed. Welcome back, valued listeners. Coming at you Wednesday, October the 6th, 2021, the year of our Lord. Jay Swat, what is happening? Nothing much, dude. It's October. Excellent sports everywhere you turn. Thick of the WNBA playoffs. A couple other things going on, obviously, but that's my main focus right now. I hear some of those dorky-ass cryptocurrencies are up as well. What's up with you? Yankees lost, dude. And as a guy who owned a Yankee suck shirt for a couple years, you know me. Loving to see that. Sorry, Liam. Not sorry at all. I hope the Rays win the World Series, like I hoped last year. But Yes, I am glad you mentioned that. And I'm glad that you hopefully personally texted Liam. I personally texted our buddy George Dukas at 11.24 Eastern last night. Eat shit, Yankees. So I'm glad we're on the same page about that. Yes, this is a, a Rays Brewers podcast for the World <laughs> Series. That's what we want here. True. So sending that out to the universe, Rays Brewers. I don't even want to know who I would root for in that. I mean, I do. I want that to occur, of course, but I, I really will have to run some some numbers. Does Milwaukee get two championships in 2021? Because that's wild. But yeah. Yeah, that, that is wild. That is wild. But or Tampa does. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Wow. This is yeah. We could spend a whole episode on this, but that's wow. not why the the 14 people who who listen to this they tune in. So let's mm-hmm. let's get right off the bat with the survivor update. We got to pour some out for some some poor souls that lost this weekend. Seven of our remaining 23 lost. So we actually have more people who have lost than are still remaining, and we're only through four weeks. So we started with 37. Uh, we're now down to 16. The seven that lost this week, we had uh, Harper, who was in our fraternity. He he was a dumbass and picked the Dolphins. What an idiot. <laughs> Braden, I think you know him. He was, uh, I think he went to school with us, right? You've, you've met that guy before. He, he went with the Titans and they lost to the Jets. Cam, also in our fraternity, he, he went with the, the Titans. They lost to the Jets. And George Long, also in our fraternity, he, he went with the the Titans lost the Jets. What a bunch of idiots. Another guy, Nick Rabina in our fraternity. He, he lost. What an idiot. Pick, pick the Titans. Steven Sweeney picked the, the Saints, also in our fraternity. And my buddy Steve went to high school with. He picked the Saints. What an idiot. What an absolute idiot. Wow. <laughs> wow. This is the content that everyone is truly tuning in for, dude. <laughs> Yes, yes. So I just want to get, shout out to our loyal listeners and, and those who interact with us. I think, except for the Dolphins game, the the other two games were all in overtime. Could have very easily won those games. Especially the Giants, I think, got a raw deal. Or excuse me, the Saints who, who lost to the Giants kind of, kind of got a raw deal. The Titans, though, they were they were kind of a bad pick. I think. Obviously, hindsight twenty twenty. I'm still in the Survivor. Rob, we know what happened to him. This week, for all of you who are either in our survivor or another survivor, I think there's four clear options. Tampa Bay playing the Miami Dolphins. That's a good pick. I've already burned Tampa for ours, so that won't be my pick. Dallas is hosting the New York Giants. And I I have to admit, I hate to say it, but the Dallas Cowboys look really good on both sides of the ball. But I really don't like this spot, even though they're a seven or seven and a half point favorite at home 
They had a big win last week against the Panthers, beat the Chargers a couple weeks ago. Kind of have a lot of momentum going on their way, whereas the Giants just got their first win. This division game, I just I just don't like this. I think, at least for myself, I won't be picking this one. For me, I'm going to be going either with Minnesota or New England. Minnesota in a must-win game against the Detroit Lions. They're a nine-point favorite. I wouldn't be surprised to see that close around 10. Division game, Lions, we've talked about not good. Rob can confirm. Jared Goff, bad quarterback. No. Goff, <laughs> air raid, elite. No. So I'll either be taking them or taking the New England Patriots visiting gorgeous Houston as nine-point road favorites in a total of just 39 and a half points. Uh, Houston most likely still starting Davis Mills, rookie quarterback. He threw four interceptions in Buffalo last week where they lost 40 to nothing. So we are getting a little bit closer to the end of the year. I shouldn't say end of the year, the end of Survivor, since half of the people have already been eliminated. So I will not be telling you maybe who I pick, because obviously that would kind of give things away and, and go into the game theory. But I will give you kind of my my pool of games I'm looking at. So I think four of which are were all acceptable. I can't use Tampa Bay. I've already used Tampa Bay, but Dallas, Minnesota, New England is what I'm going to be picking through between. But I don't think it'll be the Cowboys that I'll use. So either Minnesota or New England uh, would be acceptable. But yeah, anything before we get into the games of the week there, Rob? Hit those games of the week. Actually, you know what? Scratch that. Rewind it. Let's talk about this past week's bets. You had a couple bets on. I did. I did. I had the Ravens. They won pretty easily. Really liked that spot. It was just one of those things where Denver was 3-0, but they hadn't played anyone. Uh, had a, kind of like a lot of a momentum. And the Ravens were two and one, but just we've talked about how the respect I have for the organization, also the way Lamar Jackson's played so far throughout the year, he's looked phenomenal and he's looked phenomenal throwing the ball, where it's not just been his legs. So Kyler Murray's kind of getting a lot of the publicity for MVP, but if Lamar keeps playing the way he is and he gets some receiving help, Rashad Bateman should be playing the rookie this week first round pick they took. If he can be a, a true number one for them, I can see the stars aligning with the Ravens. And when we get to the futures bets, I know I've been talking a lot about the Browns this year and I've liked the Browns, but because Lamar is playing so well, I might not make that futures bet on Cleveland to win the division because Lamar has been playing so well. So I had that. Also had a nice teaser with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers visiting New England. Sky Tom Brady, I guess he used to play there. He went up there and, and beat his old coach, Bill Belichick. Had that tease with the Kansas City Chiefs, who I was honestly just kind of surprised by the line. It was seven and a half last week in Philadelphia. I teased it down, but I really just wanted to play it outright. They did cover that as well. Kansas City is just best offense in football still. We'll talk about them as the game of the week where Buffalo visits Kansas City. But yeah, really good week. And then I did live bet the Chargers Monday night. They were had just turned the Raiders over. They were up 7 nothing, and I took the Chargers to win by minus 7. And they went up 21 nothing. Life is good, and the Raiders come back. But then ultimately, the Chargers put them away. So yeah, very good betting week. Sticking to the principle of less is more. I know that's not the sexiest thing, but as we constantly try to remind everyone, your biggest advantage as a sports better is that you get to pass or take, if you will, Every bet that comes upon the board and you just, you know, we talk about that circle of competence and, and I think you're familiar with it as well, Rob, where 
uh, Warren Buffett has that picture of Ted Williams in his office where Ted Williams says, if I swing at a perfect pitch right down the middle of the plate, I'm a 400 hitter. But if I swing outside of my circle of competence or if I swing outside of my you know, sweet spot, I become a 250 hitter if I'm hitting high and away or 200 hitter if I'm hitting low and outside. So what Warren Buffett says as an investor is you just sit and wait. And it's not like baseball where you know three strikes and you're out. You can take as many pitches as you want. You take as many pitches as you want. And once you find something that comes in that circle of competence, you, you swing and you swing hard. And obviously, that's easier to be more philosophical and preach after a good week. But even bad weeks, you just have to say, hey, was this in my circle of competence? Yes or no? Did it, was it a good bet? Because outside of that, a lot of randomness impacts the result of that. But yeah, thank you for bringing that up. You know, I'm, I'm such a humble guy that only when someone like yourself brings it up will I give myself compliments. So, so thank you for that, Rob. Mm, excellent. Yeah, really glad to facilitate that as your co-host slash therapist. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I, I, you're a bit of a narcissist, but you know, whatever. I'm, I'm a good friend. What can I say? Moving to the games of the week, Thursday night, we have a really good game in division matchup. The Los Angeles Rams traveling to beautiful Seattle. The Rams are a two and a half point favorite. Total is 54 and a half. One of the biggest or highest totals of the week. A really high scoring game. Should be a good game for, especially for a Thursday night. A lot of these are kind of clunkers just given how short rest all the players are on, all the injuries they're battling. So you want to temper your expectations a little bit, but uh, the Rams have looked like one of the best teams in the NFL. That being said, they did lose last week in a division showdown against the Arizona Cardinals. So one of the things about the NFL is you kind of have to divorce yourself from recency bias. So if you look at the Los Angeles Rams last week, they beat, or excuse me, two weeks ago, they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in which was kind of like the primetime game of the week. And that was kind of a sky high moment. If their stock kind of couldn't be any higher, then they kind of have a, a game where they were probably overlooking air. The game meant more to Arizona last week than it meant to the Rams. And now we're talking about professional athletes, so we don't want to get too narrative here. But, you know, the Rams had just beaten the Super Bowl champions at home pretty handedly. Now Arizona is coming, visiting them. Rams were four and a half point favorites last week. And they got their asses handed to them by the Arizona Cardinals. On the other side of the coin, Seattle was a two and a half, maybe three point underdog at San Francisco last week. They go up there. They beat San Francisco, but it was kind of fluky as the first half, Jimmy G was battling a calf injury. Trey Lance comes in in the second half, helps the offense out, but doesn't isn't able to get the win. So essentially what I really like about this game is you have the Rams coming off a loss, an underwhelming performance and a loss, and you have Seattle coming off kind of an over – not that they even played that well. It was kind of more about San Francisco than it was Seattle. And the thing about the Rams-Seahawks games that I've watched the last couple of years, and we'll, I'll have to reach out to my man Andy Andrews about this to confirm, but every time I watch Rams-Seattle-Seahawks games last three or four years, I always watch it and I'm like, man, if, if Russell Wilson was on the Rams, the Rams would win by like five touchdowns. But now the Rams this year have their quarterback in Matthew Stafford. Then you talk about the, the – uh, kind of the situational spot that I just mentioned. I, I do like the Rams here. Anything under three points right now, it's two and a half. I, I would bet that. Uh, I do plan on betting that. I also think this is a good game to live bet. So if the Seahawks do go up, as 
referenced by the high total at 54 and a half points. If I can get the Rams at plus money or maybe plus three, something of that nature in game, I'll bet that as well. Uh, this is a game I know I talk about teasers a lot. This is a game you don't want to tease because there's so much, there's so many points in the game. So those six points are only worth about 11% of the projected points in the game. So with such a high total, there there's more randomness involved, a higher range of outcomes. So this isn't a game you really want to tease. Anything about that before we move on to the Sunday games, Rob? For a, for a guy warning us against two narrative dude, no, I'm with you. That'll make sense. Let's, let's hit Sunday. Yeah, and, and, and the reality is, is I have the Rams as a, should be a four, maybe four and a half point favorite. So, you know, I, I do want to give some context to everything instead of just saying like my numbers say this, <laughs> you know, so obviously narrative, when the narrative and the numbers line up, that's when we, okay, this is in my circle of competence and, you know, 60% of the time, 55% of the time, this will win and, and 40 to 45% of the time it'll lose. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. Moving to Sunday, we have our first London game in over a year. I mean, I know this was a big part of the crisis in Europe being without the NFL for a year because of COVID. So I'm just glad Roger Cadell could could give them what they need. I think that's why Angela Merkel, she stepped down as chancellor because of Roger Cadell's gesture of giving the NFL back to Europe. We have the New York Jets at the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, when we say at the Atlanta Falcons, we mean at beautiful London Probably one of the worst games of the week, as most of the time the shit teams go over there, and these are two shit teams. Spread is three points for the Falcons. Probably a close, maybe three, three and a half, total at 46. This is a game I want no part of, even if this was a game in Atlanta or New York Jets. The Jets just came off their first win of the year. I think it was more about the Titans than it was the Jets. And the Falcons as a favorite, they somehow lost to the Washington football team. I want nothing to do with that. The reason I bring it up, though, is that this game is a standalone game. And DraftKings and FanDuel both do this, but they offer a showdown. So DraftKings is the primary daily fantasy provider I use. And you pick from the players of just one game. And I think that's a much better way to bet this. So Let's say you're, you know, you're a degenerate, which most likely you are if you're listening to this. I think it's more fun to pick a roster for this game and you know, maybe you get the quarterbacks, things of that nature. I'm going to tweet out my roster. If you have any questions about it, you might have never played the showdown before. I just started playing it last year and it's a lot of fun. It's the same concept of you have a salary cap and you pick a roster, but the game theory of it being one singular game just is an added dynamic to it. So I will tweet out my plays for that. Also, as always, just text me if you have any questions about it or whatnot. I mean, just take five bucks, put it on DraftKings or whatever and, and create it. And I, you'll have a good time. It's a fun sweat because you're watching one game and you probably have the quarterbacks of both teams and you have receivers from both teams. So you're always watching action. And most people obviously should be doing this regulationally anyways. Gun to my head, I had to bet this game. I would bet the over. I heard on a podcast this week, the fact that you know, not that the NFL would ever do this, but they are entertainers. And a lot of these London games are kind of treated more as preseason games and they're refed like preseason games and obviously more points, more action. So I would lean that way, but I will not be putting any of my hard earned dollar bills. Obviously, we don't put any real money. It's all monopoly money, but any of my hard-earned Monopoly money on this game other than through the showdown. Any questions about that with the, the showdown via DraftKings or FanDuel? 
No, checks out. Yeah, just just a reminder. Just you have so many different ways to to bet the game that as you know, as a better or fantasy player, options are your friend, right? Instead of just betting, oh, I want the Falcons to win the game. There's so many other ways to bet the game. Any questions about that? Please reach out to me. A lot of good games this weekend. It's one of those weekends where I'm almost nervous how many bets I have. It's actually not too many, but for this year, it's it's my most bets of the year that I have is the Denver Broncos visiting beautiful Pittsburgh. The Steelers are a one-point favorite with a total of 39 points. I love this situation. It's probably my favorite game to tease if it gets to one and a half because we'll, the Steelers are a one and a half point favorite. I will tease Denver from plus one and a half to seven and a half. We've talked about this, getting those key numbers of three and seven. There's multiple reasons I want to do that. The first is we've talked about it all year, how the Pittsburgh Steelers are a bad football team. They're just a bad football team. We've talked about it all year long. Still don't know how they beat the Bills week one. It was my biggest bet of the year and that lost. Bills have undefeated since. Steelers haven't won a game since, such as life. But getting Denver, a well-coached team, a good defensive team as an underdog here, I like that. The reason that they are an underdog is because it's looking like Drew Locke will be their quarterback. He came in the second half against the Ravens last week after Teddy Bridgewater went down. And he he's not really the most consistent quarterback, but especially without preparation, especially against a good defense like the Baltimore Ravens, they made him look very bad. So you're essentially getting Drew Locke at his lowest point. Everyone's like how bad this guy is. And and I'm not saying Drew Locke is a good quarterback, but all he has to be is a, a somewhat decent quarterback. And I think Denver Broncos should be favored against the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's also the chance that Teddy Bridgewater comes back. Concussions are all relative. They have to go through and be approved by independent specialists. So there's, I think, a 50-50 chance around that Teddy is our quarterback. And if that's the case, then Denver should probably be more like a two, maybe even a three-point favorite. So I'll be watching that one. And one of the reasons I like this as a teaser as well is because the total is 39 points. So those six points represent 15% of the projected points in the game. So like we talked about that Seahawks-Rams game, those six points only represent around 11%. So it just shows you're getting about a four, almost four and a half, five percent more with teasing these lower totaled games. Any questions about that? Why I like Denver this week? Uh, we bet against them last week, right? And that's one of the things in the NFL, you got to be, it, it's all recency bias. You can't be victim to recency bias. Like we liked the Ravens last week. And now we have Denver off a loss going against, you know, traveling across the country, playing the Steelers, but now we want to actually be on them. No, I like that teasing being more functionally effective, more value in the tees on lower total games. That that checks out in my head. Weird that we haven't talked about it before, but makes sense. I think we've mentioned it, but it's so much it's it's one of those concepts that with an example, it's so much easier to digest and comprehend. So I, I don't think I did a good job explaining it before. That's just me being humble and, and taking responsibility. Uh, you know, you obviously didn't do that, but that's that's the difference between you and I. Mm. But but yes, yes, uh, I do. I do agree <laughs> that it, it is important. And a lower total game is a a lower variance game. More points, more opportunities, more plays. Plays could lead to a wide range of outcomes. Right, an interception, a fumble, an eighty yard touchdown. Right, less plays, less. You know chances for those extreme outcomes, those tail events from occurring. 
Cleveland Browns visiting the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, these are two teams I've really liked. I've talked about them all year long. Hopefully, you guys got in that Chargers make the playoffs bet with me, as I think the odds are pretty much unbettable now with that. Chargers look really good. And their only loss was to the Dallas Cowboys on a last-second field goal, but they've beat the previously undefeated Raiders on Monday night football. They beat the Chiefs. And they beat the Washington football team, who is obviously a dog shit organization, but still winning a road game in the NFL. It's never easy. I'm really more interested to watch this game than bet it. And I'll actually talk about the futures in our bets at the, our last segment of kind of how I want to bet this game. But if I'm kind of leaning towards the angle of teasing up the Browns from a one and a half point underdog to a seven and a half point underdog. So right now, the, the total, or excuse me, the Spread is the Chargers minus one and a half with a total of 46 and a half. One thing about the Chargers is their coach was the LA Rams coach, defensive coordinator last year. He's a really good defensive coach. And what he implements is he allows teams to run the ball on him. He, he, he kind of invites it, but maintains discipline with the secondary and kind of almost lulls the offense into running the ball. The problem is the Cleveland Browns are really good at running the ball and they like to run the ball. So I think this is going to be a tightly contested game. The only reservation I have is Baker Mayfield looked really bad in last week's game. And Justin Herbert, the Los Angeles Chargers quarterback, has looked phenomenal the first four games, no interceptions, seven touchdowns. He's a dark horse for the MVP and really not that dark of a horse, probably the third or fourth biggest favorite last I checked. So I, I think this is going to be a fabulous game to watch. So two, two teams where you look at the Browns and Chargers, you don't think they're juggernauts, but they're essentially one tier below the Bills and the Ravens and the, the Chiefs, if you will. So it would be really interesting to watch that game. Moving on to the San Francisco 49ers visiting the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals are five and a half point favorites currently with a total of 49 and a half this is one very similar to Seattle and Los Angeles, and that's because they're all in the same division. The best division in football is the NFC West. Four teams who I think could reasonably make it to a Super Bowl. I don't know if the Seahawks or the Cardinals could win the Super Bowl, but also, what does that criteria even mean? You know, they, they all four teams are, are playoff contenders, and with the three wild cards, it would be interesting if this division they all made the playoffs. But the reason I mentioned that is how we talked about how the Rams are kind of on the, the bottom swing because they lost to the Cardinals and how the, how the Seahawks are on the upswing because they beat the 49ers. But we have the same, you know, we have the inverse here. Arizona is on that uptick after that a huge emotional win in Los Angeles, very similar to how the Rams were a week ago coming off that win against Tampa Bay. And now you have San Francisco coming off a disappointing loss moving to their star rookie quarterback, Trey Lance, who will be starting this game most likely, and getting five and a half points in a division game. So I really like San Francisco in this game. The spread's at five and a half. I haven't bet it yet. I'm hoping it gets to six. I'll pull the trigger at six. But anything above four, I think, is a great bet in division. Cardinals have been great. It's just at some point, they're going to become overvalued. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And like we said, if this is part of that 45% that, that's wrong, it is what it is. But I really like when these two things mesh. Kyle Shanahan's getting a little bit of, of uh, flack as maybe not being the best coach, but he's still a great play caller. And given that he's going to be able to unveil some things with Trey Lance as his main quarterback now, I think he's, he's going to unload the clip 
especially since the 49ers are on a bye next week. It's kind of a, it's not a must win game, but it's a, it's a bigger game for the Niners than it is for Arizona, who is 4-0, just kind of slayed the dragon in Los Angeles. I also will be betting the money line on the 49ers. I do think there's a good chance they pull this out and it should be about plus 180. So almost two, two to one on your money for that one. How about anything about those Sunday games that I talked about before we get to the the game of the year, Buffalo and Kansas City? Spicy, dude. With all your Arizona listeners, you're going to come at it like that. That's how you get listens. That's how you get follows is to stir it up. And no one can say we're not stirring it up, dude. Well, yeah, especially with our our intro there, talking about all those idiots who picked those teams. But yeah, I agree. You know, this this is a hot take podcast. This is a hot take podcast. What can I say? Uh, But yeah, I... I have a lot of respect for the Cardinals. It's just everything at a certain price is value and everything at a certain price is overrated. And I could very easily be wrong. And you can laugh at me all you want if I am. Every NFC is worth $200,000. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Yeah, If you want to make this an NFT pod, we can make this an NFT pod any day of the week, my friend. Those prices are prices. That's all I'm saying. So the game of the year so far is the Buffalo Bills visiting the Kansas City Chiefs, a repeat of the AFC Championship last year. Chiefs are a three-point favorite, someplace leaning towards two and a half. I think the Chiefs at two and a half or less are a great bet if you can get that. You kind of have the Buffalo Bills, kind of everyone's darling right now. And, and I've been a big believer on the Bills, but I think this price is a little too short with the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs should be probably a three and a half, if not a four-point favorite. Bills have played absolutely nobody. They lost to the Steelers, who we've talked about as dog shit. They beat the Miami Dolphins, who, is, who are not very good. They beat the Houston Texans, who are, I don't think, actively trying to win football games. And then they beat the Washington football team, who is a fucking terrible horseshit organization with a piece of shit owner, Daniel Snyder. I just, you know, would you not agree with that statement about Mr. Snyder there, Rob? You know, on advice from my lawyer, I have said nothing about Mr. Snyder. <laughs> I make no warrants one direction or another. No, I'm just kidding. You suck, Dan Snyder. Thank you. Thank you very much. But yeah, so essentially the Bills haven't really played anybody. The Chiefs played uh, Baltimore, Los Angeles Chargers, who they both lost to, two very good teams. But both of those, they could have easily won the game had they not lost the turnover battle. I think the Chiefs were stopped in Chargers territory three times via turnover or loss of down. Chiefs were up two touchdowns on the Ravens and then fumbled late, leaving the door open for the Ravens. Chiefs blew out the Eagles last week, which was not too big of a shocker. And then the Chiefs came back against the Cleveland Browns week one and, and probably my favorite game of the year so far. So much harder task for the Chiefs. I'm not going to bet this unless it somehow gets down to like pick them or minus one because everyone knows what's our favorite way to bet the Kansas City Chiefs, Rob. They are going to cover late. Yes, we are We are expecting a lot of points in this game. It's the highest total of the week, 56.5 points. At some point, the Buffalo Bills will be leading this game. I would be shocked if the Chiefs win wire to wire. And if they do, guess what? We lose no money. But at some point, the Bills will be up in this game. Turnover, big play, touchdown. Might be 7-0, 10-0, you know, 17-7, whatever. At that time, I'll look to take the Chiefs at about plus money or even money, maybe plus three, and try to get them live to win the game. Then Monday night, there's just a really good game. Indianapolis visiting Baltimore. Maybe not the best on football game, but historically it's a good game. Do you have any reason why Indianapolis Colts playing the Baltimore Ravens, especially in Baltimore, is such a big game, Rob? Mm-hmm. 
Colts. Historically. Ravens. Historically. Oh, uh, used to be both Baltimore teams. Excellent. I mean, they weren't at the same time. Right. So the Indianapolis Colts, I believe, 86 after John Elway refused to play for the Colts and the city of Baltimore refused to give a stadium to the Colts owner at the time. They, in the middle of the night, packed up their shit and moved to Indianapolis. One of the more interesting things in history. I mean, 86 is not that long ago. And to think of the, not only how they kind of relocated, but it was they essentially packed up their shit one night and just relocated. It, you know, That's how every, all the fans found out that their team was leaving. It wasn't like all these rumors were coming out and whatnot. So mm. that'll surely be talked about on Monday night. But if you are a fan of sports or history or both, I suggest you kind of look into that. It's very interesting topic. But as for betting the game, Baltimore is a seventeen or seven point favorite. Total is 46. I think the Colts are a pretty bad team, but you're getting them at a pretty low valuation right now. So I wouldn't want to step in on there. Teasing Baltimore down to one is, is probably kind of a square play, not a professional play, but it's not the worst thing I've ever heard either. I think the Ravens are clearly the better team. Anything before we talk about a couple futures, Rob? Take me to the future. All right. Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, Urban Meyer. Have you heard the news? Yeah, dude, I've seen the gifs. Yes. Yeah, pretty awesome. What's the what's the move? Jaguars to win the AFC South. You're not getting the Jaguars <laughs> at a lower you're not getting the Jaguars at a lower valuation. And this is more about how dog shit the AFC South is, not about how good the Jaguars are. So counterintuitive that it makes me laugh out loud to hear it. Yes, and that's what we like. Essentially, this is a, a Ryan Tannehill injury away from being a real thing. It's all about price, baby. You can get this 50 to 1 to win the AFC South. The Houston Texans are not trying to win football games. Indianapolis Colts, we've talked about how bad they are. They only have one win. And the Tennessee Titans have two wins, but they're not a very good team. And like I said, if their quarterback were to get hurt, that's a really big door open. And remember, we don't need this to just cash. We can just get a little leverage and we can hedge out big profit. We did this last year with the New York Giants right before Dak Prescott got hurt. Obviously, we wouldn't wish that on anyone. But if anybody has any Voodoo Connects and wants to hook it up uh, with a little Ryan Tannehill shade, please help a brother out. But in all seriousness, the Jaguars, this wins in a multitude of ways. They First of all, they're playing the Titans this weekend. So it's a huge leverage spot. If the Jaguars were to win this game, they're only one game behind the Titans, who would be in first place with two wins. And of course, they have the tiebreaker. The other thing is, is they win, maybe they rally, they take this embarrassment and they rally around Urban Meyer and, you know, they all go to clubs on Thursday night and grind upon 18-year-old chicks. Or conversely, they even if they lose this weekend, maybe they fire Urban Meyer, the players are tired of Urban Meyer and they get a real coach in there and they rally around them. It's 50 to 1. It needs to hit 2% of the time to, to pay off. But I will be placing that bet this weekend before this week's games. Jaguars almost beat the Bengals last Thursday at seven-point underdogs. Some other futures plays I want to talk about. The loser of the Browns-Chargers game. I talked about how much I like both teams. So their odds will obviously improve whomever loses that. Probably to win the division or win the conference. But I'll I'll share that next week. I'm not making any of the bets yet. I, I will make that probably Monday or Tuesday of next week when the lines are fresh out. And then the loser of the Bills or Chiefs game. So if the Chiefs lose, if they were to lose, they would have three losses. They would be two and three. And I mean, you just see the hype train about uh, Chiefs are over, blah, blah, blah. 
the Chiefs team is still the best team in football, even if they were to lose, unless Patrick Mahomes were to get hurt this weekend. On the other side of the coin, the Bills, the next five games, are played against a team with a combined five wins. So this is really the last kind of challenge that the Bills are going to have for quite some time. So the loser of the Bills-Chiefs game I'll be looking to bet on the future side and the loser of the Browns-Chargers game. Of course, if, I, if there's no good prices, I'm not going to do that, but that's, what I'm, that's the angles I'm looking at for next week. And then the NFC West, the playoff formats, it's important to remember that only one team gets a bye, the number one seed. So even if the 49ers continue to lose, I'll be looking to bet them because I still think if they can get that seven seed with home advantage not being that important in the NFL anymore, that we might want to take a shot at them at 20 to one to win the, the conference or something of that nature. So those are some futures plays that I'm looking at. I know we went through a lot today, but I think there were some good high-level concepts. Anything you want me to clarify or talk about more before we uh, skedaddle? No. Reminder to everyone that you could see most, if not all, of Jay's live bets as they happen on his Twitter at Sports. That's it. All right. Well, uh, I know you got some uncle duties to do. Give the best to the fam, and we'll see everybody next week. Peace.